0: Flyers Daily with Jason Martinez. It is a Monday Flyers Daily, and uh, to recap the week that was, look ahead at the week that w- will be, and much more. It is from NHL.com, HockeyBuzz.com, and PhiladelphiaFlyers.com. It is Bill Meltzer. Bill, how you doing? I am doing well. Um, you know, it's interesting. I saw a tweet by Jordan Hall, and the Flyers in the 2020-2021 season started the year 5-2-1. and one. Same thing in twenty one twenty two. Same thing in twenty two twenty three. Now, Bill, I think there's similarities that are good. I think there's similarities that are bad. I think there's differences that are good and differences that are bad. If that makes any it, sense, it does. It does. <laughs> uh, you you look at it and you know what is the, the I guess the most catastrophic similar similarity.
1: Uh, I think that the it kind of reminds me a little bit of the. You know the the COVID year, there's the shortened season, where they're winning games they have no business winning. Mm-hmm. You know, um, uh, I I I would say that without well, well, they've gotten stellar goaltending pretty much most games, pretty much every game for the most part. But I I would say that um, you know the the Nashville game, I really like the closeout in that game. That was a game where once – it was a game where they never trailed. They went into the third period. They basically slammed the door. Nashville did get a goal late in that game, but I think the Predators were held to five shots in that third period. That's how you want to close a team out. So I, I would give that – I would give that as a – this is a team win. You know, Methodical. Yeah, methodical. And that, that's the way – that's the way you You want to get up, you know, and then, then really don't give them anything to get excited about in the third period. Again, they, got, they did get a late goal. But for the most part, they the Flyers slammed the door pretty pretty well on them. The the other wins, like you know, particularly you know particularly the uh, the Carolina game. Now now mind you, you're not going to get 104 shot attempts in 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 a regulation game. You could go 20 more years and not see 104 you know shot attempts in, in a regulation game by one team. So, but but still like uh, they had no business winning that game, right? The the way the um the way that game in Tampa went, it looked like they were going to get their doors blown off and they come back. It's two, two. Then all of a sudden, now all of a sudden it's, it's uh, three, it's two. And that was, you know, that was the uh, play where they, they got Tampa on a, on a long shift. And then um, Kate's intercepted the puck and shot in the net. So, you know, that, that was a game where, Hey, the other night they won. And it was, you know, it was, uh, you know it's, it's, it's kind of been that way where they, they're winning games. Largely because the goaltending has been extraordinary so far, for the most part, and you know they're 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 getting enough. Obviously, they're they're getting goals because in all but one game they've scored, uh, I think at least three in in every game. Other than that, other than one game they got shut out against uh, San Jose, yeah. yeah, and that that was the game where you know where where Hayes and Connecty sat the whole third period out. So, but I said so, you know they're so they're they're finding some scoring sources. They're making mistakes, you know. Those, but those things. But I mean, they're, you know. But you're looking at the record. You, you're, you, you think that you play that way over the average eight game span? You're not going to go five, two, and one for the most part. That's not really sustainable. So, yeah. um, you know, that's uh, that. That to me is something that that looks a little bit too much like the the last couple of years.
0: Yeah, I I agree with you. And you know, the odd thing about the goaltending with 79 in net with Carter in net is that. He's let in his fair share of goals that he usually doesn't let in. Yeah, yeah.
1: I, you know, I, I mean, the one, the one, you know, last game here against Carolina, such a fluky goal, Jason. I, I don't, I don't know, I don't know what he could really do differently. He, he did have a skate up against the post, pretty, pretty flush. I, I know you, you talked about like like Tukarask version of the Rvh, where he was actually actually had his thigh actually inside of the net, yeah, so yeah there, so there, there is no space here. but for, for, i would say 99 percent of the time you seal that post off with your skate like that it's not going in yeah you know? if it, I, I if it mean,
0: did they wouldn't do it the right the advantage far outweighs the risk yeah for sure
1: for sure I, and and you know you can have a guy try that a hundred more times in 99 it's it's not going to be a goal so you know I, I don't put that one on him. um you, know, you go back to opening night i the, the first goal of the season was really not a good one. Um, he settled in nicely as that went along. You know, it's funny. I, I I've rethought the Vancouver game because those first two goals in that first period, but well, one of them went off of a defenseman's skate, and the other one, I I looked at it in the second time. That was goalie interference, and I know they didn't want to challenge because they they feel really confident in in getting it overturned and avoiding a penalty instead. I thought that was goalie interference. I thought it was actually. The heart had no chance. And that, that's why that puck went in. He was bumped at the net. So yeah. I, I have a hard time blaming the goalie on that one too. Um, you know, so, uh, uh, you know, yeah, there, there have been a few. You go, oh, well, maybe that was stoppable. Maybe this is that. He's been getting better and better as games settle, you know, as games go along. And, you know, once the puck is passed, once a play is over and done with, he immediately turns the page. And that mental maturity – that you know that that's just a, that's a fantastic sign. He just, yeah. he literally just turns the page, plays over, doesn't worry about it whether whether it's a great great save or a goal he wish he had back. or it plays over, get refocused, and that's, that's what you need.
0: Yeah, I thought the game against Florida, where he saw the fifty-one shots, the hundred thousand attempts, and yeah. everything that took place at the end, he I didn't think he looked particularly sharp in his rebound control, but Probably I just not. saw him battle like I've never seen before. Yeah. And that 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 was obviously a great thing to see.
1: Oh sure, yeah. He he. I don't I don't think he had his you know had had to battle through it. it. Yeah, he had to battle through it, and then he settled in and he was fine. Yep. But yeah, early on there there were some rebounds coming out that you know he would ordinarily would ordinarily stop cleanly. Yeah, for sure. And uh, you know, and there also there was also uh, pretty there there hadn't been too many point blank goals this year where there was just a big breakdown that that was. That was you know why Twitter all talks about you don't let teams make plays out of the corner. Yeah. Because that that's exactly what happened. There was, there was a guy who was wide open at the net, no coverage in front, and then no goalie was stopping that one.
0: So no doubt. Um Bill, one of the things that's been a theme over the last calendar week, Sunday to here Monday, is guys finding a seat on the bench. We, we talked about last week with Kevin Hayes and Travis Konechny not playing the third period. We've seen minimal ice time in several games now from Morgan Frost and Wade Allison and, and others, frankly. Um, what have you kind of thought of the, uh, the usage and ice time usage that Torts is employed with uh, now several players?
1: Well, I mean, he, he's the coach. He makes the decisions. Um, I, I thought in the, I thought in the San Jose game where he sat two-thirds of his top line. You know, I, I know he's making a point about accountability that resonates from everybody, right? If you take our two best offensive players, and you'll sit them, you'll sit anybody. I, you know What I was thinking, though, also in that same game, you had an early third-period power play down by two against a team that was tired at the end of a road trip, that only had one win in the season coming into the game, vulnerable team. I think you get one back in that period, you know, uh, it's a whole different game. I, it, it may very well have come back. And I know the third period, actually, they gave a lot of the kids extended time. Um, th- this, this is something I found a little interesting, right? After, after that game, Tortorella said, well, I gave extended time to, you know, a lot of the young players. Um, Lazinski, he thought, for example, It uh, was the first time since opening night, he'd actually gotten some extended time. Um, you know, he said he, he I thought he I thought he played his best period of the season. Um he was mad at Frost, even though Frost had a breakaway and a and a point blank chance. Because I, I think it's Torts' well, not I think it is, it's Torts' opinion. He he doesn't care about how many chances Frost may get. He wants They're he buried. wants results. He wants the results. Wants yep. a result. Um I, I think that I think with a lot of other coaches, and it's not other coaches, he's John Tortorella. but other coaches may go, Well, Listen, you go back to the you go back over the last three, four games, he's had two breakaways, he's had a couple point blank chances. Um if you go if you go to to the last game here against Carolina in the third period, he had a great chance over the middle. Um, you know, he's getting the chances, they'll start going in. That's not how John, John Trotterell is wired. John Tordarello is wired to go, I'm counting on you for goals. I don't care about chances, they have to be goals. So yeah. you know, um what I did find a little bit, I don't want to say disturbing, but I find it interesting. You know, when, uh, I think it was last week, uh, Monday, Tuesday, maybe, yeah, I think it was Tuesday, where you had uh, Rocky Thompson as your guest, um, mm-hmm. you know, on Flyers Daily. And you asked Rocky a very open-ended question. Didn't didn't lead him in any which direction. What has been, you know, what, what have you observed with Morgan Frost so far? And so the first part of it, you know, Rocky's talking about, opportunities for improvement in areas where he has to get better um and he talked about how you know frost has tremendous natural speed and, and high end ability he has to apply that speed better and that, that's nothing new mike mike Yo's talked about it um geez uh elaine talked about it Laffy's talked about it at times morgan's aware of it but sometimes you you revert back to habit um i i, I did like you know i i, I thought that I thought that Rocky expanded on that topic quite well, actually. And you know, specifically where he can be, be a little quicker on the pucks. And I thought that was very, you know, I thought it was good. Um, and then but you know, then he then he put some positives out there and he said, uh, on the other hand, like I think he's battled pretty well in our own zone. Flat statement. I think he's that he's been pretty good defensively. Then he gave an example, and he gave an example of the matchup against uh Hurdle in the yeah. uh in the Same game thing. against right. so, um okay that that's fine that that's the assistant coach's take that's fine. Um John Tortorello was asked I think it was on it was on Friday okay if he's not scoring what does Morgan have to do to stay in the lineup and not have his ice time cut and he said he needs to show me that he's better defensively. And that that's the, and again if that's tort's opinion that's fine but now seeing there I'm seeing a disconnect though right now yeah. it's a mixed message going to the player, and you, you that that to me is not a positive Where He's, he's hearing one thing from an assistant coach, another thing from the head coach, and that's not necessarily that, that's not necessarily what you want, right? Yeah. If if he has to get better defensively, okay, right? Then then um, specifically, what is he not doing, you know? And then just just stuff like that. So you know, and and I also think that before you cut a player's ice time that's significantly, young players, and this goes for Wade Allison too. This goes for Tanner ozinski too, you know you. You try, you try a few different things. There's a way of getting players going. Yeah. And it doesn't mean you don't push them, you don't challenge them, right? If Torres is not happy with, with Frost you know, playing play defensively, okay, then uh, try him on a wing because wing is less defensive. Like, less, he's less defensive yeah, just like
0: he's done
1: with Noah Cates. Yeah, like he's done with Noah Cates, right? Um, put, someone, put, someone, you know, put someone on his line who might be able to help him. Maybe a Joel Farabee yeah you know, a, a good two- way winger you know can help him push the pace and, and get him going um or or whatever you know there, there's, there's, there's other way there's other ways of doing it before you you, you go to the cut the ice time way down and the, you, know, you you go you go to the negative side of coaching uh, that that's just how i feel and and it was the same thing with Lazinski where I felt that Tanner was moved up actually at the end of the end of the preseason we asked towards you know what's your assessment of a camp again open ended right I, said, I think he's, I think hes had a good camp, and yeah. uh you know there there's there's some game there, there's some skill level there um he actually finished the preseason with a nice breakaway goal you know but it but it was it was relatively positive, you know he said that they're basically you know they a little more consistency uh, right Season starts opening night um he's not happy at all with Hayden Hodgson, and he moves lazinski up because he'd made several nice little subtle plays and so he he gets the chance on the third line and uh you know he gets rewarded he gets rewarded by two points in the night um yeah so, so and actually actually the, and it was the actually Frost was the goal scorer yeah, he, he set it up out of the corner he, he made yeah. a beautiful pass out of the corner yeah. i mean that, you know jvr won an initial puck battle and then you know and then lazinski made a great pass out of the corner to find frost jumping into a seam and and that's I mean, they need, they need a lot more of those kind of plays, actually for a lot of players, you know? So, well, you know, Frost is one of those guys who has to do that, whatever. And then Lazinski needs to make plays like that too. Game, game two against Vancouver. It was one of those blend in games, right? He wasn't good. He wasn't bad. Same, same, same kind of thing with Frost. I don't think, I don't think either of them stood out either positively or negatively. All right. It's one game. They came back. They won that game. Um, then came the game in Tampa, and he got one period. And at the end of that first period, he was back in the fourth line and barely played again. Yeah. Um, and he was he was getting about seven minutes, six minutes after that. And, and the the messaging changed to he deserved to be moved up. So the message changed to, well, maybe he belongs in the AHL. And, and part of me thinking like
0: pretty extreme, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. That, that was fast. That, that, that was a that was a big yeah. shift in a hurry, you know. Um, I, I also that was interesting, you know, with Wade Allison too, you know, Wade, you know, Wade for a guy who had a a two point night, you know, was not a was not a happy a happy camper after the game, but <laughs> you know, and I mean, it, it was noticeable. It was noticeable. It was like, you know, he he we asked him about playing the way that Torch wants him to play, which is strictly north south eliminating east-west kind of plays, you know. And it's clear that until he does that, he's going to be playing six, seven minutes a night. Yeah. And, he, and at one point he goes, hey, I'm trying the best I can. You know, I, I just, you know, I, and listen, I mean, John Turner has been at this a long time. He's had a lot of success. There have been young players he's developed, all, all those kind of things, right? And it, it takes time and, you know, he's testing players a little bit and yeah. wants to, you know, wants to see how they respond. And so all those, you know, all those things are part of the give and take of, of a coach-player relationship. Um, you know, I, I personally, I, I'm, you know, I like seeing kind of a patient approach with, with younger players if that if the goal is to develop some of these guys. At the same time, you know, they brought in towards the push guys, and he has a way that he pushes guys. So I, I can see both sides of it. it.
0: I almost feel like this is going to be a, one of the big storylines of the season. Who is Who's the guy tonight or who are the guys tonight? Multiple guys that yeah. are in the pseudo doghouse. And and sometimes it may be not be totally validated, but it's just the feeling of making everyone uncomfortable all the time yeah. to see who can hack it. Because ultimately if you're going to win, win in sports, you got to be able to hack it. And yeah. I think he's trying to find out that part of the equation as well. Uh, Bill, this week is going to, I think it's going to be fascinating because they're going to go to New York to take on the Rangers come tomorrow night, Madison Square Garden. They're going to go back to back and go up and clear customs and go to Toronto and take on uh, the Leafs on Wednesday and then have a couple of days off before they face Claude Giroux and the Senators. And it's just more and more, you know, data. I don't know if they keep this going and play well. And I mean, these opponents, all three of them, um, you're on the road, but. You know, they're not off to great starts and they've beaten teams that are off to great starts. And it it all makes it's really difficult to handicap where they are and what they'll do. Sure. Yeah, for
1: sure. Um, I I have no prediction for the week. I have no expectations for the week. We talk about having no expectations for the season. I'm, you know, I'm curious to see where they where they go over these next several games. You know, at the top of the show, you talked about things that are that are like and different from the last couple of years. I'll tell you one thing that's different that's quite positive. Uh, the Flyers were down two nothing against a really good Carolina team. Come back and tie. And nobody even pats an eye because yeah. they're so much more resilient. They they don't they you know I, I and it was echoing it was echoing something Tortorella says. But uh, it was Travis Konecny said, "Hey, we just put our head down and we play. Just keep yeah. playing," and that's that's exactly the mentality that that's been lacking. I was lacking in both of those years. So you know, you don't have too much practice playing down two goals, yeah. right? But uh, you know, and they've had probably a little too much practice of playing for. They've only scored first once. That was that was yeah. the natural. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So
0: crazy. you
1: know, uh, <laughs> they really need to start playing ahead a little bit more. Whether you whether it's Ben, but don't don't break kind of hockey. I mean, they're Toretto said we're gonna kind of have to play that way. Fine. You know, but, but don't, don't, chase so, don't chase so many games. You can't really sustain that very long. But, but anyway, but from a resiliency standpoint, night, night and day difference. So that, that's way better. So if they do get down a goal or have a bad period or something, it, it, I'm more confident that it's not going to be fatal and sink them for the whole night. So that, that is one ray of hope that I take, you know, into these pretty tough games that are coming up.
0: The last question for you. Chuck Fletcher spoke with the media on Saturday, gave an update that Sean Couturier had a second back surgery called back revision surgery. Uh, raise your hand if you Googled that, because I did. <laughs> I did <too. laughs> um, certainly not good news. Um, I think that maybe there's some optimism, but there's still, if not the same amount of question marks, maybe even more question marks regarding Sean Couturier and the long-term viability of the player. Yeah. Let's,
1: uh, and there's no there's no way to spin it, right? Um, he, you know, I, I mean, he as as we now know, he never really felt he never really felt ready, you know. He he wasn't as close as as we were led to believe, um, you know, because he never felt quite right over the summer. He'd feel better, but still not exactly right. And that, now now you know you get you get it gives you certain information where. Where Sean would be asked and he'd be like, "Yeah, yeah, I'm optimistic. It should be fine." Kind of thinking like, "Oh, maybe it should settle in." That's human um, nature. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. That's totally human nature. And you know, we find out now he was he was having inflammation. Um, and uh, you know, he, he in camp he had um, he had an epidural, which it doesn't solve the problem long term. Just relief, but maybe. Yeah, but but, it, but it's pain relief. He he felt so he felt a lot better. And I guess the hope is while he has a pain relief, he can continue to strengthen the area or something. I don't I don't know. Because usually because usually that's just a band-aid. That, otherwise, that, that's all that it is is a band-aid, a very short-term solution. And that's exactly what it was, because after the after the effects of, of, of the you know of the injection wore off, he was right back where he started. And that's where they decided they're gonna go ahead and do the surgery. So, you know, when, when the player has multiple surgeries on the same you know we we talked over the summer about how back surgeries have gotten so much better, and and Chuck Fletcher put this out that the particular surgery he had ninety percent of the time, there's no further issues. well this is this is one of the ten percent. And once that's recurring, yeah. and once there's a second surgery involved, you have to worry. and he's such he's such an important player for the team. You know, is he back in four months, and can he get back to close to the player he was if he does return? And nobody can nobody can truthfully say, "Yeah, I'm 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 confident that that he'll be just fine." So, yeah, you know, I I think if anybody says that they're not worried, they're not you know they're they're either just trying to be optimistic or they're not being
0: honest with themselves. Yeah, was, he was one of the big question marks we did over the summer, and we said we won't know until things play out further. Well, it, it has not played out well thus far. Uh, Bill, thanks for doing this. We've got uh, another brand-new edition tomorrow. We'll preview Flyers-Rangers, first matchup of the two season between those two teams. So read Bill's work on NHL.com, HockeyBuzz.com, and PhiladelphiaFlyers.com, and we'll talk to you tomorrow on a brand-new edition of Flyerdale. It's all right.